Welcome to She Inspires Me. I'm your host, Caroline Bruni, founder of She Inspires Me and Organize Curate Design. Launched as a Facebook passion project back in 2017, She Inspires Me was reborn as a podcast in 2020 to highlight the incredible women we all encounter in our everyday lives. Thanks to our key sponsor, Organize Curate Design, I welcome you to season two, another year of sharing the stories of inspirational women. Welcome to another episode of She Inspires Me. Today, I have with me Bridget Warren. Bridget, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm feeling very grateful to be here. <laughs> now, I've realized today that I have kind of known you in whatever context for I'm going to say a couple of years now, but I don't think we've ever spoken before. So I'm so excited <laughs> to actually sit down and have a chat with you. And I know. It's, scary. It's, it's so weird, it's but so we'll funny. get to that. I know. And I, it's funny from my perspective because I forget that you guys, like a lot of time, haven't met me because I just feel like, because yeah. I see your faces so much, like I see you yeah, all yeah, the time yeah. that I'm like, yep, yeah, we're, yep, like, yep. we're like best friends. We know each other. <laughs> like, we barely know each other. But we'll probably get we'll to get that today that, yeah. and be like, We've known each other for ages, but let me share your story with our listeners. Um, so Bridget heads up Silver Fox Management, bringing a wealth of experience and insight and an insider view of the modelling industry gained through 10 years as an international professional model with one of Australia's top agencies. Bridget's passion is for fostering more age-positive culture, both in Australia and overseas. She works closely with talent to develop skills and alongside brands to help create more social representation. Um, so, sorry, more socially representative um, and balanced campaigns. Prior to founding Silver Fox, Bridget studied extensively with two degrees in public health and health promotion and commerce, and is a serial entrepreneur with several businesses in the health and wellness industry. So, I guess for context. I'll just put it out there now. Yes, what we were just talking about and what how this makes sense is in you see my face all the time is I am um, represented by Silver Fox um, in my spare time. Um, <laughs> I say that because it's one of those weird things. Um, I have had a few people who may listen to the podcast or engage with me through work um, or through all of the different things. I'm a bit like you. I do like all these different things and somehow I fit them all under one hat. Yes, I love um, it. Yeah. Yeah, I have had people go, did I see you on a Coles ad? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that was me. That's or me. Yeah, did I see me. you on this thing? And I'm like, yeah, that was yeah. me. And they're like, but don't you? I'm like, I don't work for Coles. Like, I'm just oh, that's so, so funny. I love it when people assume that you work for the company that you're doing. Yeah, I'm like, no, it's so great. But sure, we'll go with that. That's that's. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, um, but I can, um, I, I might, as we chat, share some funny stories that I've had. But so I am super keen to hear a little bit about you and your career path and whatever else. I think people have such an unusual, if they don't know anything about the industry, and I think that even the word modelling can be uh, tricky because mm-hmm. people assume that it is, um, and I'm going to share my age now, the um, Naomi Campbells and the Kate Mosses of the world. So that's who I think of when mm-hmm. I think yep. of model. Um, <laughs> so totally showing my age now. Um, but can you talk us through kind of how your modelling career came about and, and when it all got started for you? Mm, absolutely. So, I mean, it's one of those things where it definitely was never on my radar, never considered it. I mean, I grew up on the Mornington Peninsula running around barefoot, riding my horse, surfing, like at no point did I ever think I would do anything like this. But what happened was um, when I was about 15 or 16, I went to the Royal Melbourne show with a couple of my friends, <laughs> the Royal Melbourne show. That's how, you know, where we used to hang out. Um, and, yeah, yeah, that's what you do as a teenager on school holiday. And um, I was just randomly approached by someone who said that they were, you know, um, a model scout and they worked for a model agency and my friends, we all just laughed and thought, that's hilarious. Um, went home, told my parents, and they're like, "Oh, you should give it a go. Like, why don't you give it a go?" And I was kind of like, eh, "Sure, like if you guys are willing." Because we lived on the Pinchula, and it used to take at least an hour and a half, two hours to get into the city. They're like, "We'll drive you. It's fine. We'll do it." So, 
they I drove in, met with the agency. Um, they were so keen, you know. And next week I went and had photos done, and I, here I am thinking, oh gosh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be on model. Like, how cool is this? Um, never never heard from them again. So that was <laughs> so that was so oh, like, no. oh cool. But but honestly, didn't bother me at all because I think it was more my parents who were like, what ever happened to that? You know, we drove in, we mm-hmm. paid for photos, nothing ever eventuated. Um, but I was so young and and really so carefree and couldn't have cared less. But so that was, I guess, my first sort of intro into it. Um, and then I got older. I, you know, once I turned 18, I got into university, started uni and was out one night in Chapel Street and, again, was approached by another model agent. And I, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, God, it's not this whole thing again. Like, yeah. I know how this ends. I'm this already. Yeah. And this works. Totally. Yeah. And so, anyway, um, they, I, I did end up because at this point I was going to City Lock because I was at uni and I had a car and I was like, I'll just go in and, and have a chat to them and kind of was my ego was a little bruised from the last experience, so I had my guard up. But they um, not getting any jobs, yeah, no, no not, job, any not even a phone call, yeah. <laughs> um, and so went in and they were like, yeah, we think you know, we think if you got photos, you could be really great. And I'm thinking, oh god, not this line again. Anyway, I went and did it, had photos, and. Lo and behold, you know, booked a job pretty pretty soon after that. So mm. I kind of thought, okay, like maybe I'll do this like as a fun thing on the side. Never thought I'd do it seriously. Was obviously studying at university um, and that was my main thing. And I had another friend who was modelling at the time and I could see that she was doing really well. Like she was also studying and she would sort of do one job every couple of weeks and like she was earning way more than all of us were doing. I was nannying at the time, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, she was, you know, she was doing one job a month or two jobs a month and doing very well for herself. And I thought, okay, if I could do that, that would be great. And then I did. I started to book jobs quite, you know, it sort of started to become a bit more consistent. And so I thought this is great. And so I sort of just did that throughout uni. And it was this great yeah. little job that I could do, earn fantastic money, but have incredible flexibility and freedom to sort of keep Mm. studying and really you know involve myself in that but also have you know be able to keep riding my horses and have a social life and and, you know have all those other things you want when you're at uni and so that was really great for me and I just kept going and I always thought once I finished uni that's when I'll kind of give it away and I'll go get a real a real job I'm saying that in (laughs) quotation marks um yeah and I've sort of finished uni and then all of a sudden I became even busier and it was sort of like it was kind of weird it was sort of like the older I was getting the more work I was getting which was mm. amazing um, and this opportunity came up to go overseas and sort of try my luck internationally and so I did um, and I did really well from it and had a you know really great time and sort of got to travel for free and really loved that yeah. And I came back home and then, um, yeah, and I guess we were sort of at this point, I'm like, what do I do? Do I keep going with this or or what? And then, yeah, and then I got an opportunity to go to Sydney. So I went to Sydney um, with a big agency up there and I, that's my career took like a whole nother level in terms mm-hmm. of the work I was doing. So that was amazing. So it's sort of like the older and less I wanted to do it, the more work that was coming and the more money I was making from it. So I kind of felt it was silly to let go of it. But that's sort of how I got into it. And I continued to do it for nearly 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is fantastic. It's funny. I've heard um, so many of these types of stories. So the definitely the I've been approached by someone mm. sort of thing. Um, then you've got the other flip side of that, of young girls who um, – and they are young girls, like they're teenagers, and and I was one of them. Like I was, I started modelling when I was quite young. I was probably about fourteen. Um, the first time I did a job, and um, I was probably a lot of teenage girls just have this massive growth spurt. Like so, I was super tall. Yeah. Um, like I'm five ten. Um, so I was kind of almost five ten at that age. Like I kind yeah. of just stopped growing after, um, fifteen or whatever. And um, yeah, there's so many different pathways, but no one tells you be it if you're approached or if it's something you really want to do no one actually tells you that it's actually work and it's oh, hard yeah. work it's sometimes. hard yeah it's really hard yeah. and it's a super like I sort of talked about that story quite blasely and didn't really go into detail about it but although you know it's great the flexibility is great all that kind of stuff the money's great it's harder than than a lot of other jobs physically mentally emotionally 
um, it's exhausting, like it's full on. So yeah, you don't you don't hear about that side of it as much, and it's yeah. And, you, and I think it's really important that we talk about it as a job because it is a job, and I think a lot of people yeah. think it's this fun thing. Um, but at the end of the day, like it's a job, and people have a lot of money riding on you and your performance yeah. on the yeah. day. Yeah, that's so so true. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll dive into that <laughs> as we chat more about your um, agency, but. Do you have a highlight? So you've been overseas, you've um, moved from um, home, which is Victoria, to Sydney, which is where you're based now, um, or in New South Wales. Well, actually, um, I moved back to the peninsula, so I'm back on the oh, peninsula. Oh, did you move back Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's exciting. I didn't know that. That's yeah, so just cool. It's very um, recent. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you got a job or a campaign or a moment that is your modelling highlight to date? Yeah, it's really funny because I've, I mean, I've got two ways of looking at this. I've got like what people would look at as like, you know, the really, that that big job that is like, wow, like how cool that you did that. Mm -hmm. And then I've got like what my version of a a highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I guess that big, that big job that I was completely shocked that I got was um, when I was in China actually. And uh, it is, have you modeled overseas? No, I haven't. Well, it, it, I, I mean, lived overseas and I did some modelling, but I yeah, already lived. In sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit different, but I mean, I I lived and worked in China for a while, and it was probably one of the hardest, most intense experiences of my entire life. I was as as great as it was, and as cool as it was, it, I was well, probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um. Anyway, I got picked up by Chanel <laughs> to do all of their wow. shows around. China, which was just insane because in Australia, I was always that girl next door, that real beach babe, Australia looking, you know, that typical, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes girl. So when I went over to China and all of a sudden they sort of reinvented me to be this um, more high fashion model. And I guess because Mm. I was different looking you know because over there I don't look like what a lot of their models look like so for them I was the unique one which was quite insane so I got picked up by Chanel and I ended up doing all their runway shows around China for several weeks and we just traveled with them for weeks and weeks and it was really cool and it was an experience I never would have got in Australia because it just was not my market so I really embraced that um it was so hard I was like I don't know how you guys do high fashion models because it is, <laughs> um, but it was a really good opportunity, and I think as well being able to say that I did that and come back when I came back to Australia. Yeah, yeah that having really that, when yeah, I had your portfolio totally, yep. and that's when I got you know the calls to come up to Sydney, and um, and that's when all of a sudden it was like I was taken a lot more seriously as a model mm-hmm. once I'd sort of yep. worked with these bigger brands overseas. So yeah, I guess that's what people that's what people look at as sort of I guess my milestone in terms of my modeling and what really took me to that next level but for me the highlight was just working with like Aussie brands you know they paid my bills they were great to work with the environment is so fantastic and I can only say that because I have worked overseas and I know the difference in environments and um it was I just love working with them I love the catalogs I love the the cheesy campaigns like I love that stuff and for me that was sort of um yeah for me that was a highlight and and I, I, the money was really great then as well so mm. yeah there's two di- really different ways of looking at it um and I guess because for me I was never in it for the accolades I was always in it for it to be a job and to make money and to you know really treat it as a profession yeah yeah wow what well, such an amazing opportunity and and as I can only imagine even, like, as I said, I, I lived overseas briefly and um, I work with clients all around um, and have worked with international clients before from a business sense and even just business cultures and how different they are to adjust mm. to communication and whatever. So I can't even imagine at the pace that you're running at when you are in a campaign, especially if you're doing shows and you're being travelled and, and, and you're moving around, I can't even imagine how stressful that was. Oh, it was like deprived, lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Oh, and even just um, the language barrier was huge. Mm. I don't speak Chinese. I still don't speak Chinese. I could say yeah. about six words. Um, but their work ethic, what they consider work ethic, is so different to what we consider work ethic. And yeah. you know, we if you do a big job here and a big day here, it might be eight to ten hours, and that's a big day here. 
Uh, Over there, you know, you would do two days nonstop and they would time your toilet breaks and you would get 10 minutes to have lunch and lunch was usually chicken feet and rice or something horrendous and I'm vegetarian so it was traumatic for me. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, so it was yeah, it's just a whole, but that's how everyone worked, you know, not just models. Like that's how the photographers work, the yeah, brands yeah, work. Yeah. That's just how they work over mm-hmm. there. And so acclimatizing to that and just the, the cultural differences was really tough. But yeah, I'm really glad I did it. Would I do it again? Probably not. <laughs> but I'm really glad. <laughs> I think as we get older, we're like, oh, that sounds like something I'm not going to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, live and learn. Oh, and how great that you can even just kind of, because I think we all have that in our careers where we go, oh, on paper, that moment, um, and that's the success point and I can see how people go, oh, that that must be it. But then the just your love for the goofiness of Aussies and, and just the that kind of she'll be right, mate, sort of yeah. attitude where even though you're working really hard and you're yeah. working with brands and, and you know there's a lot riding on your performance and, and how well the campaign goes, just that camaraderie of just – being with other Aussies um, has been a big highlight for you, which I'm curious to hear, how does that translate to your agency? So what brought you to from where you were or like, and I know you, you well, you may still be modeling. I'm not sure. I assume, are you? Oh, I, I mean, little bits and pieces, but honestly, I don't really have time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say with everything else that you have <laughs> under your hat. Um, so when did you decide to kind of, make the shift or what was the spark that made you go yeah I think I want to create something and then how did Silver Fox come about? Mm. It's really it's quite interesting because at no point in my life did I ever think I would own a mature age modeling agency that certainly Mm. was never on my (laughs) on my plan but um but basically the way it happened was we'd, we'd moved to Sydney. We'd been living, so when I say we, um, my now husband, he was my boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. we'd moved to Sydney. We were both working up here. I was doing really, really well modelling up there and also had a few little side hustles going on. But um, I had a friend who was working in PR and marketing for one of the big uh, shopping centre chains and we were chatting one day and she sort of said, like, you know, what's crazy is we have just realised that our customer is, you know, a 40-year-old woman. Like that's our main customer that they're the ones that are spending, yeah. but we're not really the showing them in any of our campaigns. And it's it's not because we don't want them. It's just because we can't find anyone. Like there's literally one model in Australia who's over 35 and she's done everything. So we can't keep reusing it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You can't, yeah, have, the can't keep having the same yeah. face for everything. And she goes, do you know what's crazy is they sent us your photo as like an older model. And I was 24 at the time. So like that's they were getting models who were like 23 to 25 and that's what they were sort of considering that's what they were sending off as their like more older mature talent yeah, which is because they weren't 18 yeah and she goes your face literally came through to us and uh, we're sitting there and she goes do, do you reckon there would be a market for this and I'm like yes I 100% do and I at the time had uh, you know was working on a few businesses I that's one thing that modeling always gave me was the flexibility to be able to do other things and so business was something I was really passionate about and we're sort of sitting there thinking this is this is a really untapped niche that no one is doing here so we went away and we did a bit of market research and we looked at trends that were happening overseas and we could see that there was this huge sort of trend in terms of the marketing world where they were using more age relatable talent um, what we would consider mature age models in campaigns and things like that. And it was doing really well. We, we're always a little bit behind here in Australia when you're comparing yourself to the US and the UK. And, um, yeah, so we're looking at it. And when I say who, the person I'm talking to, her name is Georgia, who is now the co-founder with myself for Silver Fox Management. But we were looking and doing a lot of research and just were like, yep, this is a thing. Let's just go, you know, in disguise, create this agency that no one will know that we're the heading up and just see what happens. And I knew a few models that had sort of finished modeling or weren't working anymore because they were considered too old. And I sort of contacted them and said, hey, like, do you want to come to our sort of agency that we haven't created yet, but we think it could be cool. And like, we had no, we had nothing mm. to go on. We had no experience in, in modeling agency other than my own experience as a model and as a yeah. businesswoman in terms of having other businesses, but running an agency mm-hmm. was completely new to me. Um, Georgia had a really great background in PR and marketing, 
but we were still working. So I was still working for a, a big agency here as a model and she was still working for her PR firm. So we didn't want people to know that we had created this agency. Mm, so we sort of yeah. did it um, in our free time at night and we'd sit at our kitchen table and we came up with the name and we came up with the idea and we had this concept that we weren't going to take any models who were under 30 because that's where we were, we were going to, we weren't going to compete with other agencies. We were just going to start this complete other something new new that didn't exist and which was Mm. great for us because no agency saw us as a threat no one saw us coming no one thought it was going to be a big deal yeah um which was fantastic and so we eventually after about probably three to five months of planning we launched our website and we had maybe 12 models on there like it was tiny it was so little yeah um and within a week we had booked a job and we were like this is this is great. Like how cool. That but, was amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and l- we sort of were getting our head around how to do it and we had no booking system. We had nothing in place other than an email account and a website and mm. so it was all being done by us, you know, working everything out and work rates. We based rates off just rates that I'd been paid for past jobs. <laughs> we really had no idea what we were doing. Anyway, um, was it ended up. We ended up starting to book really frequently. We started to get regular clients and we still hadn't come out yet as the owners. People were saying, who owns this agency? Like, who is this? <laughs> who has started this? Um, and I think everyone sort of envisaged a, you know, 50-plus woman with grey hair was sort of sitting behind yeah. the desk somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all got this image in our yeah. mind of what even is and even the name like really resonates like you're thinking a silver box and we wanted that we wanted that because we also knew that they probably weren't going to take two women under 30 seriously about a modeling agency that was for 30 30 plus and when we say 30 plus like we mean we have models in our 80s so like you know we really 30 was the absolute youngest minimum agency yeah yeah so one day I said, you know what, this is time. Like if we want to take this seriously, we've just got to get out there and put our face out there. And so I decided that um, I would sort of give up modelling and I would go full-time into doing this and really give it a go. Mm-hmm. And within about three days of doing that, we had calls from every newspaper, every radio station, every TV breakfast wow. show saying, we want you on, come and talk to us about what you're doing, why you're doing this blah, blah, blah. And so that's how it all began. And and from then it's been nonstop ever since. And it was the best decision I ever made to sort of come forward and come out and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that story. (laughs) I love that. Like even just the, the base core concept of I have an idea. It's a side hustle. I'm going to do it in my spare time. I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to work on it. We're going to make sure we're ready to launch. We're going to do our, like it's business 101. Totally. the stuff that when I have friends that are like, I've got this idea. I'm like, okay, these are the steps. Don't yeah. quit your job. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You gotta wait. Um, but then at the same time, that that tipping point where you say as a founder or co-founder, um, if this is going to work, the business needs a face and I need, someone needs to take that risk and that leap of mm. faith. And um, yeah, and I'm not surprised in any way, shape or form that um, that the agency has done as well as it has and, and that the media jumped on on top of it as well because it is, it's, it's such a fascinating story. And for me, even as you share that story, I think back to... Um, I have a friend who's a stylist and she was like, oh, I want to use you for campaigns, but there's such a process and it has to go through this and that and you need an agent. And mm. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. And she was like, no, 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 I actually really want to use you for campaigns, but I really prefer that you have this process. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just going to keep getting older and I'm in my 30s and I don't look like I'm in my 30s. I, I get that. But yeah. I was really – and I hadn't like there there are some negative experiences, especially when you're young and mm-hmm. you're in the industry. So when I was a teenager and I was modeling Beyonce and Kim Kardashian were alive, but they didn't exist. Yeah. The <laughs> totally. And so I was constantly told, You're too curvy, you're too this, you're too that. Mm-hmm. Um and that was uh just a a whole kind of demographic that they just didn't understand. As I said, Naomi Campbell and Kate Moss were like the, the model. models, yeah, yeah, of the of the nineties. And so to to find an agency, and this stylist friend was the one that recommended Silver Fox, and um, and she was like, "Oh, if that's what you're worried about, check these guys out because um, 
you know, I guess if you if you're worried about the fact that you're going to keep getting older, mm. then that's obviously not an issue because mm. the older, no. yeah, <laughs> the more, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, I think as and, well, like something that we, I was really strong on because I had been in the industry for a really long time and I knew what aspects of it I found really hard and really emotionally hard as well was, you know, this yeah. whole body thing and um, how we were, you know, the body positive movement was sort of really in force when we started Silver Fox. And so I just didn't want people to feel as well, like you had to be a certain look or size or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the big things I said was there are absolutely no size requirements. Like we don't care what, we, if you are the right person for this, that's it. Like we don't have size, we don't have height requirements, you know, the only requirement was you have to be over 30. That's it. Like, and everything yeah. else we'll yeah. take into consideration. It doesn't bother us. And I think that that was really mm-hmm. helpful because I think there's a big stigma around what is a model. You know, what does a model look yeah. like? And mm-hmm. I wanted to take that down because I knew for a lot of people this was going to be um, a really big deal to apply to be a model, particularly if you're considered a mature age model. So that was, yeah, a yeah. really big point of difference for us as well. Yeah, definitely. And are you finding that the agency, um, sorry, the industry as Mm. a whole, so you guys are are booked, like you're booking work all the time. Um, You've had great stint of media and I'm sure that there's like little, uh, there's waves of that roller coaster in the sense that something will happen and they'll want to talk to someone and Mm. and you get brought back in for interviews because I have seen some of the media that you've done in the past. Um. Have you seen other agencies pop up or have you seen previous agencies broaden their range? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really funny because um, when I went in to tell my agency that I was leaving to pursue, you know. Being an um, agent. Yeah, being an agent. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, yep. But I told them, but, you know, it's a we're, we're focusing on mature talent. And they literally laughed at me and sort of said, well, why? Like there's no, there's no market. They're like, don't worry, you don't have to leave. Like we don't even, that's not even a threat to us like yeah, it's not going to take it's off not you don't need to leave and I kept saying like no no I feel like there's a conflict of interest here like I want to be because I had a really good relationship with them I want to be really upfront about this and they were like bridge like it's an it's a non-issue like it's not going to be a, an issue and I just said oh thanks guys like let's leave it I'll you know I'll come back in six months if I if I if it doesn't take yeah, off if, kind of if it doesn't work now I look at their board and they have expanded their you know range of models massively and mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when I say massively, they've gone from having sort of two to three to having maybe maybe six, seven, eight, nine, you know, and that's across a lot of agencies now. And so that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot when they had it's, zero it's change. One. Yeah. yeah. And so like I and to me, I don't see that as a threat at all. I actually see that as a fantastic thing because that's mm-hmm. opening it's opening doors, but it's also making uh, brands and clients and marketing agencies aware that this is actually a thing and you know this is a really good idea for you guys to get on board with this and and have a go and it's also opening up doors for models who have been with that agency for say 10 years like I had um, and are feeling that pressure like they're getting too old now it's time to you know time mm-hmm. to give it up but now they're sort of staying on so that's why we're seeing you know that they're not maybe not necessarily going out and seeking older models but they're holding on to their models that they've had for a long time that they would have probably um, have left if if they had been you know five mm. six years ago yeah yeah and that in itself is is amazing because I think diversity as a whole is something that we we talk about right across so many different spectrums and so many different areas in our society um, and age is just one of them and and the fact that you've already tapped into the it isn't just age it's all shapes, sizes, um, and so you can present your clients with such a visual representation, visual representation of Australia today, mm-hmm. because that's really what this comes down to. Um, as a consumer, I know that I get really, really frustrated when I like a brand, but when I look at their advertising, and I'm like, I don't see myself in your advertising, so I don't know what it would be like to engage with your products yeah and that in itself can be really frustrating because um you know I I, you know you want to be able to kind of connect with a brand and if you see diversity not only in skin color but in age and and size and all that sort of stuff you do like you you have such I have so much more respect for brands when I can see that range um and I can't even imagine what it's like for you know people that 
are still not represented and, and we're seeing a little bit of that with mm-hmm. um, disability and whatever else in campaigns that are happening in that space as well. So I can see this getting bigger and better, which is amazing. Yeah, and I mean something from the day dot, the day we started the agency, our core value was to represent talent that were aspirational but relatable and that has Mm. been the core of it from the very beginning and it'll never change because the reality is that relatable is never going out of market they are your customer and Mm -hmm. I mean there's some amazing studies out there there's one of the biggest study that we based our entire business off was that when you use age relatable talent this is particularly for women age relatable talent in advertising and marketing it can increase their purchase intent by up to 200%. Wow. Which is just insane. So realistically, if you are a brand and not doing this, you're just you're just really, wrong. Yeah, you are just you're doing it. You are losing and it's money. at your fingertips as well. Yeah, and the other the other like side of it is that using more diverse um and in my in our instance we talk a lot in terms of age but diverse across the board we are we love diversity in every aspect the more diverse the better really but in terms of um using age-relatable talent as well you actually don't lose your younger consumer you only gauge that older consumer as well however if you use a younger consumer you knock out the older consumer straight away they're not interested they don't want to be a part of a brand that doesn't represent them so it's just really good business sense to be using more diverse talent in campaigns yeah yeah wow so how old is the oldest model that you have on your books so we have yeah we've got quite a few models in their mid to late 80s um which is amazing one of our models so good it's so cool i know it's it's actually incredible like it's really really amazing one of our models um patricia she is should be 86 this year she has done so well. Like she lives out in a remote uh, town in Brisbane. So she's one of our Brisbane models, but she's noted not even close to Brisbane really. Um, but she gets travelled around to do jobs like she's done big shopping centre campaigns. She did a big campaign for Adrift, which is a, a like a women's fashion brand. She did probably the coolest campaign she's done was for Hush Puppies um, footwear. So, I think I've seen that. I, yeah. When you mentioned it, I'm like, I think I know who you're talking about, but I have seen that Hush Puppy it's campaign. So cool. It is so cool. And it's just, it's just <laughs> It was cool. really funky and fun as well. Fun. That one. It's really fun. Yeah. And, and, you know, their target market is an 85-year-old women, but she is like every single person watches this ad and they go, I want what she's wearing because it's amazing. Yeah. She's done an incredible job. And but also the brand did an incredible job, you know, of making it cool. And that's the difference is mm. that older doesn't have to be daggy or boring or, you know, really dated. Like it can be funky and cool. And if anything, yeah. you're adding um this other element to it that other brands have completely missed. So yeah, she's doing really well. Um We've got some other models that are in their 80s doing really well as well. It's really interesting to see the the ages that are really popular as well. Tend, you know, we've got that sort of more younger uh, sort of 30 to 40, which is like your mum sort of vibe or your corporate man or families or just sort of that sort of era. And then our 40s to 50s do really well because that's that I guess that consumer that's buying not only for themselves but for their children and for their own parents. And then we've got that older consumer who's sort of 70 plus and they are now being used for everything from fashion to beauty to, you know, still doing things like uh, your retirement homes and your superannuation, but they're also doing all the other cool stuff as well. So it's really interesting to see and that's, yeah, we're breaking down a lot of barriers I think in terms of what they can be what brands perceive they can be used for as well. They're realising that they don't have to just be used for the retirement villages ads. They can also be used for fashion and it works just as well. (laughs) Yeah, and it's about the, you know, the model and what they can bring to the campaign as well. And this is what we were saying earlier about that it's work because you you can't just show up. I think the general public genuinely think we show up, sit on a chair, (laughs) pull a duck face, and that's what we Good do. Go, and, yeah. <laughs> um, 
and you're good to go and it's just not that easy and mm. um and then when you get campaigns like the hush puppy one that um that you just mentioned i've seen that one and it looks like so much fun but fun equals work like yeah. it equals um chemistry and a, a great connection with the other models if you're modeling with other people or the photographer or the people on set it, it's a combination of so many things all at once mm-hmm. um and that's what brings that campaign to life so what true. i really love about what you just shared is the fact that in addition to that um in addition to the fact that brands are saying well no we don't have to just use um people over a certain age for retirement villages or whatever else it also once again represents our society so yes there are people in their 80s who live in a retirement village but there are people in their 80s who are still surfing every morning and um you know running businesses and they're engaging in fashion and they're engaging in different areas of their life um and you can be, you can have all of that, like in, because that's what we see. Like everyone's met, you know, that eighty-year-old that you're like, I would totally want to be like that when yeah. I'm in my eighties. Um, and then some. Sometimes it's the other way around, and and that's totally cool as well. If you just get to the point where you're like, I just want to chill at home and play chess or whatever you're doing. <laughs> that's all fun too. Yeah, um, but that's where diversity is really important. Oh, I think you so. hit the nail on the head there. I think that, um, what it what it now means to be old is not what it meant you know, 30 Mm. years ago, it's completely different. Like people are, one, they're spending their money now. Back in the day, people would hold on to their money, you know, and they would sort of to pass on. Not anymore. People want to have experiences. They want to um, live their best life. You know, they want to surf. They want to go in for those holidays. They want to buy a camper van, you know. They want to have all the great um, cosmetics and get the treatments and all that kind of stuff. And it's just it's very different to what it was. And that's I think that's why it's taken a very long time for the industry to shift is because they had this preconceived idea about what ageing meant. And it is just so far from the truth it's so far from the truth and I I mean this was another big hurdle we had to overcome was uh, when we started and we did this on purpose we called it Silver Fox because we wanted people to really know straight away what we were and what we did however we also realized that that meant that people were going to assume that everyone was going to have gray hair and you know (laughs) which is which is so true but it was so true and at the time that's when we so we had a you know a range of different models we had sort of our 30s 40s 50s 60s you know right up to our 80s um and the only models that kept getting booked were the ones that had gray hair and we only had like three models that had gray hair right yet they were probably younger than some of the other talent that you mm-hmm. know would have actually have been perfect for that campaign that they got booked but for some reason the clients couldn't they couldn't see how you could actually showcase that that person was older unless they had gray hair they they couldn't believe that somebody might be in their 70s and still be a brunette you know and be dying their hair mm. because realistically when you think about how many people do you know that have gray hair that are older majority yeah, of people, it's not common it's not common yeah. majority of people are gray but they've been they're going to dye their hair till the day they die you know like so that's yeah that's the reality and so we had to really overcome this hurdle and it took about two years until we sort of started to be like guys you know this person's actually perfect for your campaign. They don't need to have yeah. gray hair. We promise no one is going to think they're 20. We promise you guys. It's okay. No one's going to freak out and think you've just yeah. used this weird model. Because when they look in their community, they can see that those people are not 20. Absolutely. Like they can see them in the real world. Yeah. yeah. And it took sort oh, of one, so one big brand to take the leap and use someone who just was a really great-looking 60-year-old or 50-year-old to go, Oh yeah, this works really well. Let's all do that. Let's all do it. So, <laughs> so thankfully, and uh, you know, our silver head and grey head models still do really well. But we also yeah, we've just opened up the market so much more now, which yeah. is great. That's so funny. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually really interesting that you say that because that's something that I've been really curious about. So my um, experience when going going to castings is I'll walk in and I'll write all my details down, and um, or sometimes they've already got them, um, and then. It, there's always a process. So you see one person and then you walk in and there's you see another person. So you might interact with two or three people when you go into um, a casting and for for people listening going, mm, oh, there's like, yeah, yeah, there's like a real process. It's not like you don't just get you the just job. Get and, yeah. It's not often that you just get booked. You hear from your agent and you show up on the day. Um, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, but anyway, so and then I'll often walk into the last person that I see and they'll say, wait, silver for fox and it's and they go but and 
And I say, yeah, I'm 38. Like, yeah. I don't know what you were expecting, but you've got my photos in front of you. Yeah. Like, you asked me to come here. <laughs> you know who I am. Like, so we've crazy. already gone through a process. Like, I wouldn't just rock up out of nowhere. But I think the agency name, yeah, like, confuses people sometimes. And then they go, oh, yeah, I read the brief and you fit the brief. And well, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't right. matter. Like, if it's, yeah, it's so it's funny. So um, and it's like, if you fit the brief, what, why does it, this is the other big issue. I know we're getting off tangent a little bit here, but, you know, <laughs> a client will come to us and say, hey, we want a four, we want a 40-year-old woman, right? And then they send us this photo of a woman of what they want, which is probably a 23-year-old woman. Like, but they they want to they be out. So anyway, what we usually do is we send them a couple of 40-year-olds and then we send them a couple of 30-year-olds and a couple of sort of like mid-40s, maybe early 50s if they if we think that they could pull it off kind of thing. If they fit the brief. Do you think they ever pick the 40-year-old? No. because no, They either go younger or they go older because they go, oh, wait, so that's what a 40 – so if they, they think that a 40-year-old is actually – looks will look older to them than what they, they think and then they see what a 40-year-old actually looks like and they go, oh, maybe we need someone older or maybe we need someone younger. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, they really actually pick the um, – the age of what they they think is what they're looking for. Well, I guess that also comes down to the theory of never judge a book by its Mm -hmm. cover. Like we all just look different and um, we are all going to age in different ways. And, um, yeah, it it is definitely something that I get. I actually just got that just on the weekend. Um, I met with some people for a coffee business kind of meeting but over a coffee and um, I happened to mention my 16-year-old just in passing, like we were talking about something and she kind of looked at me and went, what? And I went, yeah. Um, and then she got really confused and it was really lovely because she told me she thought I was 23 and I was like, I mean, whoa. Take it, take it, girl. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'm 38, but I'll take that. Um, I mean, you do, you do look get... exceptionally young. You're, you've, you are aging very well. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's very funny because then – I watch people's brains trying to do the math yeah. and like trying to work out and then like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about this. So if I was 80 or if I was 18, yeah. it doesn't matter. So that's right. I'm and I, fun. yeah, I love that. I think that that's, that's, I think we need to start valuing people for who, you know, who they are, what they bring to the table, what experiences they've had, not what they look like or how old they are. It just, it's not why it's not relevant. Not yeah. 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 There you go. Well, I know that you are a serial entrepreneur. Um, so can you quickly run us through all the other things that you do? <laughs> oh, my God. I say quickly because if I had to do that, I'd be like, oh. oh I know. I mean, well, I, I sort of I started my first business when I just got out of uni. It was a little health food business. And then I went on and sold that. Um, and with that money, I just started reinvesting into other businesses that I found in niches that had sort of basically weren't doing well because their brand identity or their marketing was really poor, not because the idea was bad. So I would buy the business, revamp it and then sell it for, you know, two to three times of what I bought it for. So I did that Mm -hmm. for quite a few years and like flipping houses, but flipping businesses. Flipping businesses, yeah. So, and I, I tried to often stay in like the health and wellness field. So, just because that's mm-hmm. what I knew and that's what I was passionate about. Um, and so I would, I would do that. I'm not going to go through them all because I know we're running out of time. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, I guess one of the ones I work on at the moment is um, like a herbal, medicinal herbal teas, but so mm-hmm. based around fertility and hormone health, because um, that's something that I have personally struggled with and I found really good results with. Um, using herbs and so that's you know something I'm working on at the moment but I've had you know I, I'm a trained equine and canine um, physio and sports therapist I was a model wow. teacher I was an equestrian coach um, but yeah I mean I've just I've done a lot of random things I'm also a new mom which well, I'm not new he's only two now but I still feel like a new mom but yeah so it still feels still, I'm yeah. still very tired and getting sleepless nights so for me it's very <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh, wow. That is so fantastic. So um, I guess there's a couple of ways that people will be able to connect with you. Obviously, we'll be tagging Silver Fox and everything that the agency does and social media handles and whatever else. Um, We'll also tag your um, social handles as well. So we can, um, if anyone's listening, they're like, what's Bridget up to today? Um, Because it changes all the time. 
they'll just be able to follow you on socials and find find out what the next thing is. Is there any um are there any exciting projects that you have on the horizon? Yeah, that you can share with us? we're actually working on, and thanks to COVID, COVID sort of spurred this. Um, we're working on an e-course for mm. new models. Uh, you know, aimed at mature talent um, who are interested in becoming a model but not really sure where to start. So we're doing sort of like a modeling 101 e-course and we're kind of, you know, going to put that out to our own models because during COVID we weren't able to see any models that we were signing or talking to and so we couldn't give them any coaching or guide them through anything and I kept saying like, wouldn't it be great if we could just send them like a little course that they could go through. And so this idea came about. So we recorded that all through um, last year whenever we could because it was so broken up between when we were in lockdown and when we were about to do anything. So yep. we did that and that will hopefully be released soon and that will actually be open to the public. So anyone who's kind of interested in like kind of like what is modelling, what what are all the types of modelling, like what actually goes on mm-hmm. at a casting. So that is going to come out um, hopefully soon. It's, it's taking so much longer than we thought but, I mean, yeah. that's you know, there's a lot of things that went on last year, a few hurdles in our road. But, yeah, so that's sort of, I guess, the most exciting thing we're working on and I really can't wait to get that out there because it's, it's really beneficial for us as an agency because it just means that our mm. models are going to be more equipped with the skills that w- we need them to have when they go on set because, like you said, um, people think they just rock up and, you know, sit there, do a face and leave. Modeling is something you have to learn. It is a learnt skill, um, learning yeah. how to pose, learning what goes on on set, learning when the right time to move. Like that is all something mm. you have to learn. So, yeah, it will be great for us as agents to be able to send them out and feel much more confident about that they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wow, that sounds awesome. I'm totally going to sign my never, You can never like just not have enough skills under your belt and um yeah I know that I recently did a a campaign for a client with you guys Mm -hmm. and um yeah I was petrified that morning I was like wait do I know what I'm doing and and as I said like if you've got a great photographer and great teams on set they'll loosen you up pretty quickly um and they'll get especially if it isn't something that you do very often like Mm -hmm. for me um it isn't something like I've got a million other things going on so um it isn't something I do like every week um so you do like you need to practice and it's a skill that you need to really hone into and um that how amazing that there's another resource out there especially for the people that are listening the women that are listening who um have always kind of thought it would be really lovely to see myself represented. Mm-hmm. This is the opportunity to to kind of think about that. So, you know, head on over to Silver Fox's website. You'll be able to see all of their talent there. You'll be able to see the diversity, which I think will give you a clear understanding <laughs> of kind of what opportunities are there and um and if if it is something you're you've been thinking about in the past. Um we're definitely now in 2021 where it isn't about you know, you don't have to worry that you're a particular skin colour, nationality, height, weight, whatever. Mm-hmm. We need to see a little bit of everyone That's out so there true. in our campaigns. It's so true. And, you know, some of our most successful models are so far from what we were talking about before, what we perceived it as a model, which is like your Kate Moss and, you know, they are just... They're just people that you look at and they bring warmth and they bring experience and they bring mm. um, a, a personality to a brand and that is what is yeah. working now. That's what brands are looking for. So, yeah, definitely mm. if it's something you've been thinking about um, and are interested in, yeah, have a look at the website, see if you can, you know, see yourself in there and if you can't, get in touch with us and we'll have a chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you might be the missing Yeah, exactly. That, they, that some of folks don't have. So... Last um, question for today's interview, um, who inspires you and why? Oh, well, I have two answers to this. I'll be very quick. So I think on a broad broad level, someone who I'm so inspired by is Jacinda Ardern. I, mm. I just love her. I don't know why. I, I mean, I know why, but I just, oh, I'm like a We know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's just amazing. And I, I think even more so once I had my baby boy Flynn, um, my just 
like my motivation I got from her was so much stronger because I could see like Mm -hmm. a woman who not only could lead a country with empathy and compassion um, and just really understanding, but she also was Mm -hmm. a mum and she did it both really well and she still does. And I think that I just draw a lot of inspiration from her and a lot of courage from her as well because I think you look at her and go, well, if she can you know, bloody lead a country. <laughs> I could probably keep <laughs> running up in heaven and keep my baby alive. Yeah, so, um, no, she's amazing and I, I love her. I've just um, been reading her book actually and really enjoying it. So oh, that's that one. And then on a, a more simplistic but just as inspirational level, probably my own parents because they, mm. they you know, they were also business owners. They just retired last week, which is super exciting. Um, but they just gave us the best childhood and I think really shaped me to be who I am. And I think, again, mm. becoming a parent really puts everything into perspective. Yes. Yeah, yep. you go, they, <laughs> I really want what they did for me. I want to be that for my own son. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, the, they're sort of the people that are inspiring me at the moment. <laughs> oh, Wow. That's so beautiful. And your little boy, um, you know, just the fact that all of those things are front of mind for you um, will be, even when you're tired, will be getting the best of you. So that that right. in itself is amazing. It does get better, the sleep thing, but then you hit teenage <laughs> time hearing. and then you're like, I go to bed before my teenager does, like all the time. And then when he's out, I'm like, oh man, I gotta stay up because I gotta make sure he gets home. Really tired because I'm old. I know. Well, that's what my, my dad said. You know, it doesn't actually stop. Like they start sleeping through the night, but then you start staying up because you're worried about them being out or they're worried about them driving home. And so like, it's just, he's like, the parenting thing doesn't really ever end. But <laughs> so I'm like, oh, what am I? but you know, I will get a full night's sleep sometime soon. <laughs> yes. Full night's sleep is coming. Um, I remember when my eldest was really little and he was a terrible sleeper and Someone said to me, he will not want to sleep in your bed when he's 21, let alone when he's 10, but like when he's 21. So just, it's okay. Like, don't stop stressing. And I was like, oh. So true. I didn't like, you know, parenting advice is always tricky and can be really loaded. But that was a piece of advice that I was like, that's a really good way of looking at it. And yeah, it's funny what you said about driving. Um, I drove my son to school this morning and he was like, oh, do you think like we could, I could drive in the morning? And I was like, <laughs> You're like no, his learners like, today's officially February where we're recording. Um, he got his learners last month and I'm not ready. I'm I'm not ready for that. Like I'm not ready. And he was like, I could drive to school in the mornings so I could practice. And I was like, <gasps> no, you, no, you're never driving. Sorry. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. We'll get there. Wow. It's just, yeah. One thing <laughs> really? But yeah, I mean, I, I think becoming a mother was like by far the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. So I'm, I'm embracing and what great. Moment. <laughs> and what great inspiration to have, um, be it personally or um, mm. you know, the likes of Jacinda under mm. as well. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It has been such a pleasure chatting to you. As I said, I feel like we've just had this chat as friends. I know. Um, but I don't actually think we've ever had a proper conversation. I know. It's so we get crazy. Where it with our audience is amazing. Um, I will make sure that all of your um, handles and websites are in the show notes for anyone who wants to connect with Bridget and hear more about the work that she's doing. Um, and we will catch you next time on another episode of She Inspires Me. Thank you for joining us today and for being a part of this incredible community. Remember to hit subscribe, to share this episode with your friends and family, and to join us in our next episode to be inspired by more exceptional women.